Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. Well, let's hit record and you know, we are recording now. Um, Lee, how, how are you all, doing? All, already, like that's, that feels like that was a stealth hit of the uh, record button. I'm well, doing very well. I've got a, I've got another rather tasty coffee as I as I as I tend to have as we start these start these chats. I I came just before I was about to come on online and you know hit hit start Zoom meeting. I uh, I went to get myself a coffee. I've already had one coffee this morning, but I thought you know what, second coffee that's always good. Uh, but I I'm currently as I think I mentioned in a previous podcast I'm currently in my reserve list you know my reserve coffee because my normal pre you know um the beans that I normally buy have run out and I'm you know waiting till the end of the month because I don't want to you know you know it's, it's probably not the expense that needs to come out right at the end of the month it's one of those beginning of the month things and so I um I'm currently going through my li- my stock of pre-ground coffee but I'm now running out of pre-ground coffee. I realized I didn't have enough to make the 15 grams needed to put into uh my little uh, filter V60 which you sent me which was lovely and a lovely gift so thank you for that. Uh and it's, uh, it's been it, a we, we we make it sound like we are so precise with this coffee um malarkey but you know what we actually are. Yeah, uh, we we are. <laughs> To, to Chris, you know what, Chris? I think you should just order some coffee. I, th- I think it's, I think it's well-being. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I think you need it. <laughs> I think maybe I do. I think you know. Let's consider this a, um, you know, working from home isn't easy, and you need a good amount of coffee to keep you, uh, keep you sane. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's oh, do that. Before, yeah, especially before, like, yeah, kids have been back for a while now, and now we're going to have an Easter holiday. I know. <laughs> that is something we're gonna have to uh yes that's something to work through yes just as the kids are going back you start to find some semblance of normality and then it's just about to go into uh easter holidays right well let's right let's get into um today's podcast um because today i thought what we would do is look at three things each which would be what i'm classing as ideas to disrupt the church status quo i think that the church is in a bit of a has a normal status quo. And I think we need to think of some ideas to disrupt it. And these ideas are, we are, we're kind of going, uh, some of them might be a bit left field, but the idea is that whether you are listening to this at home and, you know, you want to go for these or not, it's not really the point. The point is, is to be thinking of new innovative ideas. And hopefully these will start to get you thinking and you might disagree with all of them. And that's actually completely fine hey if it helps you say yes to the right thing it was a worthwhile exercise well that's it yeah or say no to the wrong thing that's the other thing and so that's what we're going to try and do today so what we're going to do is we've thought of three things each i was gonna say is this where we find out as we get into this that even you and i don't agree (laughs) well i think there is going to be one where we're gonna 
we're going to disagree. But that's okay. Disagreement is good. You know, actually, if, if, I was going to say, I don't know if it's disagreement. Actually, you know what? Different views on the same thing. I mean, sometimes that that is it. We've got to get out of this idea that there is r- one right way. I, I yes. think that's the main thing. It, there doesn't have to be one right way. And we're still in this changing landscape of, you know, we're about to ease some restrictions, depending on when the air date of this podcast is. But it's, uh, you know, some things are going to shift and some things won't. And we always talk about this changed behaviours thing as well. There's, so, yeah, we're, we're just trying to push it and say, is there something we're missing? And that's that's the whole point of this chat. Yeah, that's it. OK, let's dive into the first one. Lee, what's your first one? Uh, you say it and then I'll sort of probe questions around that. OK, so my, my first idea was about create space, not program. OK, so you, you're going to have to unpack that one straight away because what do you mean by create space not program okay so i i think sometimes and i might even contradict myself with this in one of my later <laughs> thoughts about how to uh how to how, how to go with it so it's like yeah not only that but i can also disagree with myself no look um we sometimes jump straight to answers and we think that putting better program in place or having solid structure is the most viable way to take things forward. Um, what I'm suggesting is is actually that we create the space for people to gather, um, whether that's hybrid, in-person, digital only, audio only, video only, whether you want to do that Minecraft clubhouse or wherever it might be, look at creating spaces for people and not putting in place programs helping people just to gather for the conversation. Um, so not being over-programmed with what you're doing, actually have a period of going, let's see, create space, not program. Concentrate on how you can increase the number of touch points that people have uh, with, with each other and community um, and how they want to go about things and how they want to do that but create the space for people to bring what's with them rather than us concentrating on trying to like program. Sometimes we can program the life out of things. And we, you know, we never want a church to be over-programmed anyway. But what I'm saying is, is like dispense with it entirely, just concentrate on creating the space and see what happens and be a bit more open uh, as we'd, as we'd call it the law of two feet, Um, you know, for those that gather. What's the law of two feet? I've never heard of this law before. So this is a thing that we do with uh, um, a methodology that's referred to as um, open space. And it's this idea that actually you create the space and people come and they talk about the thing that they want to talk about. Um, But the law of two feet states, it's like if you you aren't contributing or not getting anything from it, you move yourself and you go to the next thing. Um, So it just allows this kind of like a bit more free flow for people to work out what they're connecting on and what they want to be part of but all you're doing is holding space so you're not over programming it you're holding the space for people to have these conversations and off they go and it can be very varied um and it's this idea that you know whoever comes is the right people uh, whatever gets discussed or whatever is decided is the right decision and the law of two feet is if you're not contributing or getting anything from it you just move yourself on to the next thing and i i'm just wondering after the period of time that we've just had, 
if there's a, what the value is in actually concentrating on creating space just to let's see what might happen rather than trying to over-program ourselves back into a rhythm because I think actually the appreciation that people just want to bring where they're at and chat through it and talk about stuff and we might be surprised by what comes out of it. Um, so that's it. Well, I think, so this sounds like, a, it's, you know, it's a very new idea. You know, I think this is, it sounds like Clubhouse is, is the kind of, you know. Oh, the, you know, that's where I'm spending too much time. Well, yeah. So Clubhouse is that thing where you can just drop into any room you like and and join the conversation, basically. Listen in. Yep. But I think it's a, um, for me, it's quite an ancient thing. I remember, this is going to sound really bragging, but it's not. I was, I went to Jerusalem last year. It was a great, before lockdown, thankfully. Um, I remember actually as an anecdote, I remember being asked at the airport, have you been to Wuhan? I remember thinking this is a very odd question, but now it makes complete sense. Um, I hadn't been to Wuhan. Um, but I, I remember in Jerusalem on Thursdays, they have something called it's teaching day. So you go to the, um, the Western wall, the Wailing wall, whatever you want to call it. Um, and what you find is everyone is in groups and uh, they're all gathering around different rabbis and they're all debating, discussing. And it's just, you know, they're talking about different things. It's all, all in this one space in by the wall and they're all there, different places. And uh, and I think that's almost a, you know, this is this has been a practice that's been going on for thousands of years. You know, this is, you know, this is not this is not a new phenomenon in in Jerusalem by the, the Western Wall. This is actually something that's been going on for yeah, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years. That you know, you gather and you talk and and you 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 find little groups and you talk about things and you debate and discuss. And I think this is becoming more of the thing now that people they want they want the space to be able to talk about what's on their mind and what's on their and and kind of have the space to be able to think about and not have a specific we're, we're gonna just do one thing. Like we're not, we're just not, we're not just, you know, you have one program, you come and consume that program and that's it. You, you can go and you can find those different areas and pockets that you want to talk mm. about all within that one space. And I think that's really interesting. Is that kind of what you're meaning? Is it that kind of like? Yeah, no, that, that, that's it. It's, and I think pro, so program works if you're being introduced to something, but actually, you know, you know, we, uh, our, our soapbox is usually about, discipleship and this kind of like way that that's like you know it's modern coaching um in 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 a sense of how you would outwork that actually there, there comes a point where if you if you're looking at like you know what god means in a particular context something you're doing or you've got questions around it the benefit of like you know group insight and learning and people with able to give you kind of like more theological stance on it people be able to give you historical stance on it people being able to talk about it or just those things sometimes where it's more the therapeutic side of just sitting with people and talking through what's going on. Like actually we, eh, when we, when we were very Sunday centric, the, we got very earnest about making sure that everything was delivered in this, in this, in this little bracket. I think we've had a year where people are connecting very disparately at all different times. It's a lot more asynchronous you know, and we're, we're doing things differently. So actually just creating that space where you can drop into conversations, hear what's going on, learn something else, take different opinions. Um, I think the posh word for how this goes on is um, dialogic. 
uh, and it's that idea that actually I think this probably touches don't want to touch onto your point Chris but it's much more as you can probably infer from how that is uh, how that sounds is dialogue actually much more two-way yeah um, rather than just this consumption aspect of hearing or this um you know you you hear something and then you're then you're compelled to do something actually it, it's much more two-way and a way in which you can shape how you would all approach it and maybe sometimes maybe it's even consensus on how to do something um and sometimes it's maybe just getting better understanding but i i just think seeing even looking at like apps and you know clubhouse again is one is own one and there's others out there doing similar things but they're 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 um you know scratching away at something that people are after you've only got to look at you know what's happening on there and how people are kind of like you know um signing up and uh the, the pressures that they're seeing in scaling actually being part of conversations and listening and some people always stay on the outside and only listen that's the other thing some people do only listen still um but other people do get involved and there's much more contribution so i I think, yeah, just look at what's happening around about and the rise of some of these technologies that are allowing that. Um, yeah, that that that's the one for me is actually don't don't jump straight back into trying to over-program or get back on track as if there is a track we should be back on. Actually, this is ever-changing, very fluid. There's something new. But let's dig into it and see what that is. Okay, uh, my first one is uh, change preaching for conversations. So actually, it's, it is weirdly similar, but it's slightly different. And um, so this oh, is my syn- idea behind synchronous. it. It's, yes, it's synchronous. Um, my idea behind this is um, I think that not many people consume, when I say consume, I you know, use that in the right term, not many people consume content these days where it's only one person speaking i think very little of it and i think in the world setting the most place that would happen would be lectures so specific lectures where it's you know but majority of the time people are consuming conversations and people love conversations so here's my idea stop preaching start having conversations on the stage instead instead of talking for 30 minutes on a subject have two or three people having a conversation about that subject because essentially you're doing the same thing you are preaching but the great thing is is that you can get away from this idea of it's just one person's opinion you can actually have differences of opinion on you know let's say you do it on a stage that's fine and, and you have a conversation people you know you got you listen into that conversation and you can people can ask questions questions if need be. You can do you know there's Q and A that can be part of that. But that's how people are, I think, more consuming 
media these days. I think YouTube is a massive area where you're seeing that more. And podcasts, of course, is is a big thing. You very rarely have any podcasts these days that are just one person speaking. In fact, very, Mm. very few of them. And they tend to be quite quite teach heavy, quite lecture heavy. And actually they you can only go for about 20 minutes before it gets a little bit dry. Whereas conversations, they are they're life-giving because there's something that's that's natural about it. It's people, you're thinking about what you would ask and you and you're in the conversation. And I think that that could be a great way to go. Stop preaching, pick a subject and talk about it. And that means that you will preach but you may only do a third of a preach, uh, but three of you might do a whole preach between you. And I think that's more interesting. I think that's more engaging. I think that's something that people will remember more and they will be in tuned more for. Um, yeah. That's, so that's my idea. Yeah. And uh, you know what, and, and seeing that elsewhere, this idea that um, there's always kind of like this like panel now even Mm. when you see people after sporting events through to um up on stage we've got and it's it's rarely now just the keynote look and feel there's often other people there to like probe and challenge sometimes they bring people along to talk around you know topically so everybody's kind of aligned but maybe different views on that same thing and then you get others where actually you've got more like open dissent where they're there to you know probe it from different perspectives on the same thing and you know there's, there's value on on lots of those again probably comes back to there's, there's, there's no one way and sometimes you can justify it both directions and you've got to see what works and fits and it's so so good it recognizes individuality as well i think actually listening to people that you know if you go to a seminar and somebody's talking about how they how they pray um and you come out of it sometimes you think if I could do that it's like that doesn't sound like me and like you know now I feel a bit down when you hear a whole variety of people talk about how they're doing it fitting it in their life and where how they go approach approach it you pick a little up from everybody and make it your own thing and it makes it much more applicable so yeah no I'm I'm all for that hey Chris we're, we're kind of one for one on this on this at the beginning uh yeah because I think I I like your idea I think that could really work and especially in small churches i was thinking of you know you can walk into a small church and maybe you've got three four conversations going on i think that for me that really works in the small church space three four conversations going on you know like almost a bit like speaker's corner i think that could really really work and on this one yeah. probably is similar but for probably works better for larger churches yeah because it's, now as, as you yeah when you need the platform aspect back because you've got larger larger groups yeah yeah absolutely and i said yeah i think that's it something that's something at different scales and um yeah and just the appropriateness the panel thing works really well when broadcast as well so for hybrid stuff i think would be excellent there's things i think probably pitfalls to avoid so what i think you'd want to avoid is um you probably want to avoid the kind of question time style where when you've got sometimes got too many people and people aren't it's 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 not about um having an engaging conversation and together pulling towards some kind of learning together i think that's what it should be pulling towards something together and i think that's what conversation whereas something like question time is great for the political sphere but it's more 
people have to get these short sound bites in and they often have too many people in the panel people from the audience are jibing in as well and what it can become is quite um it becomes a little bit like live twitter where it just becomes you know people are just quite trying to get polarizing yeah. yeah polarizing and i think that's not helpful and i don't think that's what people want i've got this interesting theory at the moment with tv is that tv is moving towards is moving away from people wanting to see conflict and moving towards people getting on so which is this is this is a theory i mean this isn't I've, I've not done any science to prove this this is completely my own idea so this is i mean this is the most pseudo of pseudo science that's ever existed it's chris science i'm going to call that and cuz i think this is due to the rise of the uh, the bake off <laughs> the the great british bake off is the perfect tv for people getting on and learning and growing together they are learning they're doing you know, no one's fighting and arguing you know they're not you know someone hasn't smashed the cake in someone's face and all that kind of stuff they they're getting on and i think people people want to see people getting on but challenging each other challenging their thoughts i think that's way more engaging these days than seeing people argue i don't think that so when i talk about so what, what you said is we're, we're, we're moving away from the gordon ramsay style show is that now why he's going to end up presenting a game show instead well yes he... yeah <laughs> Yeah, and, it's like, and and that's the thing. I, there's there's bits of it. Even you know, even the shows that are still quite, um, the shows that are quite uh, a bit more cutthroat. They're a bit more. Um, they have that kind of sense of I can't remember. Can't think of the word. Like they have that. It, people aren't getting on. They're fighting. When people are fighting, you're still looking for where are the people that are getting on. That's interesting. I want to hear interesting conversation because actually that's more people's lived reality. I don't virtually at all have rows with people. I have interesting conversations with people and I want to hear interesting conversations. And I think in the church sphere, what I'd love to hear is interesting conversations around uh, the Bible and around faith and what that means for my life and your life. And, yeah. and how people means. are living it. Yeah, because it's. I think we sometimes forget how highly contextual this can be. Like you know, even even across, we're not that far apart in terms of like regions of the UK, but my context actually looks very different on a day to day basis than, yeah. than than for you. But I think yeah, looking for the common ground and what works. I, oh, sorry, Chris, are we back to principles again? It's like we you might know, be, yeah. yeah, yeah, we we might be. But is it? Yeah, I think yeah. Find, finding that and looking for how we how we work together, I I do think that there's yeah there's a, there's a lot to be said about how people are uh, reacting and what it's doing to people being constantly surrounded by stuff and even like faked conflict that's happening yeah. in the arguments and narratives and how things are spurred on. We're looking much more now for people's everyday lives maybe that's even reflected in the reality shows that a lot of these can i say stars inverted commas um mm -hmm. that have risen through the reality shows of i don't actually know what i can't even name one or two of them but the, I, was it like the ones about like essex and um right yeah 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 made in chelsea that kind of thing even they seem to have spun off more into the individuals and how they're doing life and it's less about the make-believe but more about how they're raising kids, living life, buying yeah. a house and doing stuff like that. So maybe there is a lot more in that. 
let's uh let's see oh how do we how do we prove your assumption chris where do we get the data <laughs> no idea no idea i think probably the best idea is to move on to number three uh so lee this <laughs> number is your, two or number two your second one. Oh so, yeah my right there sorry i'm i'm lost already yeah, i can't so, count but you've typed this badly <laughs> i have typed it badly so <laughs> your second one is and you're gonna have to well introduce the, your second disruptive idea my second disruptive idea, you know what, I've, I'm realising it's probably just a repeat of my first. Uh, do everything at the same time, not one thing. Okay, we're going to have to unpack that one. Do everything at the yeah. same time, not not one thing. So what? You so want... basically, if you're creating a space and you're opening your building, stop compartmentalising it that like, you know, now's the worship, now's, uh, now's a talk, now's a session, now's the kids, now's alpha create a space and have everything happen that you become this kind of buffet of things that are happening that you've got somewhere that's well utilized while everybody's available that you can put your energy to what's going on so you know the the sunday the sunday thing being a separate hook or you know worship time some people some weeks want to spend more time in worship sometimes people come some weeks and they just want to sit and have a coffee and talk about something if we've got buildings or we're renting space, why can't we do both? Why isn't somebody able to just, you know, continue with the worship and do 45 minutes or even an hour's worth of music and on that week when somebody wants to come and just sit and soak, have that available, but somebody else who comes in and they sit there, maybe take communion with a friend and have that available at a side and then go, actually, the friend I've brought is more interested in Christianity. We've got, you know, there's like, you know, new christian conversations going on or even like you know levels of alpha the ability to be spontaneous or you know so it is that stop breaking it down and compartmentalizing it actually open up and don't be don't be scared of having multiple things going on at the same time if you can resource it um and i'm not saying spread yourself thin and do things badly i'm 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 saying that that let's quit with this this focus that makes it hyper pressured about what we're doing let's be more fluid because we're we're coming off the back of a period where people's needs and wants are going to be different and we're looking at different patterns of behavior but you know we've all been in church on some of those weeks and it's like i've heard somebody talk and you know what they might have been amazing but just because of how i've arrived and what's gone in in my life getting to that point i've not heard a word what would have been yeah. better would be to have sat with a coffee listened to some you know, levels of like, you know, singing and people worshiping and just let that kind of like, in one sense, like, you know, speak to my soul that then I could just open the Bible, maybe chat with somebody or pray with somebody and just, you know, like, do we, do we sometimes by wanting to do one thing and do one thing, and I'll say inverted commas, one thing well, um, actually rule out the ability to do a few things that are actually good enough. Um, but actually would create better space for people to have things to hook into when they arrived. So it is a little bit like my create space, not program. Um, am I going to apologize for that? No, uh, you're, you're a forgiving bunch. It's fine. Um, I, so I, th- I think, I think it ties into that. It, it, it's about just not, not, not pigeonholing like what we're trying to do or that we've got a set set experience actually being, slightly more flexible with what we've got going on and letting things happen at the same time and giving people choice then if you're invited in 
um and or if you've been going like you know you you get to get to have a few options that's kind of like where where i am and you know what chris i'm looking at your next point and i'm thinking probably ties into that <laughs> well it, well we'll get into that in a second uh, but before i mean this what this reminds me of you know the uh the the dreaded church conference we've all been to one we've all yes we've all uh enjoyed them in, in part but what's the enjoyed thing that, or endured is that well, enjoyed? that's the thing and i think we in part enjoy and in part endure because what's the favorite what's i don't know what your favorite part of it is but for me it's always the afternoon session with the electives you can choose yeah. what you want to go to and i you know because 10 it tends to be the ones the keynotes tend to be they, they, they're fine they're often quite inspirational you know they can be really great but they don't really like to land that as to they're okay. not often actionable that's the yeah. thing yeah and also if they are a real and i hate this but you know a bigger name they've got a few talks and you've probably heard it yeah yeah i've been to some conferences where you know you hear the big name and you're like right what are they going to say and then i've you know i've heard a few of their preachers before and then you go oh I've already heard this one. Whereas sometimes what you want to do is it, like to be able to talk about the thing that you're thinking about. And often that yeah. is, you know, that could be an area of ethics. It could be an area of, you know, self-improvement, or it could be an area of theology. It could be an area, you know, those, there's a lot of things that people are thinking about and that's on their mind and actually having more spaces, more smaller spaces where you can actually go, right, actually, you've got all of these different places that we can talk about lots of different things and you go to where you're what's working i guess it's the more it's like the live version of netflix um yeah but and this is it so when i said create space not program it's actually positioning your church as a platform yes for delivery of content uh, that actually has a high degree of feedback from those who are subscribing, for want of a better term, to, to what you're doing, that actually they're actually shaping what you're putting on um, and and who you're bringing in and who's talking. I mean, back on the conference thing, it's like I've, I've been to hear many a great author be a terrible speaker. Yeah. And, and it's like I think we did an injustice of setting them up for that. Whereas actually, if they'd have been in a smaller environment in an elective and we got to have this more panel-led discussion and, you know, ask things and be contributory and it's more dialogic, that person would have been absolutely on form. But we gave them, we gave them the space on the platform to talk for a 50-minute keynote and it's not their bag. Um, some it is, you know, some people are great, you know, all-rounders, but... I, doesn't it doesn't doesn't necessarily play out it allows people to actually operate to their strengths much more let's go on to my second one so number four in total um which is make services longer not shorter and i don't think i've ever heard a less of an amen to that from anyone ever <laughs> but i'm going to try to be fair 
I, I you know I, I'm I'm all for that. You said make services longer. You didn't say increase the announcement slot. So we're we're all good <laughs> so far. True. As long as you're not padding this out with more announcements, because nobody needs that. Uh-oh. No, this this is the thing. So th- this idea came from I've been watching some uh, some podcasts on YouTube by Joe Rogan. Have you heard of Joe Rogan? I I am aware of he's Joe quite Rogan. A, quite a famous he's man. Quite a big name. He's like one of the uh, yeah. He's quite a one big of the man richest as podcasters. Well. He's a yeah, big he's, man. Um, a... MMA. He's uh... that's right. That's yeah. right. So I was listening to his uh, podcast with Jordan Peterson. The um, you know I'm sure we'll leave our opinions on him at the door we both have differing opinions on him and that's fine all all is good um but his podcast one of his podcasts with jordan peterson is over three hours long yeah three hours 20 minutes long one conversation but was it engaging it was highly engaging it was right. fascinating it was absolutely fascinating and you're you're and that's the that's the interesting thing. Like the and they and they talk quite a lot in that about the the need for long form conversations about how how because they, they sit in the kind of new media space. So everything's happening on YouTube. There's quite a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of people in that same sphere. So they're not they don't have their own TV show. They do things all on 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 YouTube, and um and how the old media of TV was all about getting it into 15 minutes or getting into half an hour, short segments, tightly um, curated, tightly, um, often, you know, that they've, they've cut pieces in, they've just taken little segments of this sort of conversations. And actually, people don't really want to listen to that. They What they want to listen to is the, the full conversation. Um, so they, they were talking a lot about um, uh, the, the very famous Jordan Peterson conversation with Kathy Newman on Channel 4, which they showed... Um, I think it was five minutes of that that interview on the on the news, but then they put yeah. the whole thing, the thirty minute conversation, online, and it's the thirty minute conversation which really got all of the traction, caused all of the the ruckus yeah. and all that kind of stuff. People want to be engaging with deep things. They want to be talking in depth. They want to hear stuff that's going to take a long time. Now that took me a few sittings to get through, and you know. And so I didn't watch it all in one go. So it might be one of those things that you do that more for online. But I think there's no problem with thinking, okay, could we lengthen our services? And, and you know, and putting that in concert with changing it from preaching to conversations, I would happily listen to a conversation. You know, sometimes, you know, you've got to know what it's about and it's got to be something that's going to interest you. So which might link into your thing about, you know, having yeah. multiple things. But oftentimes I find that, you know, a half an hour conversation, you don't get anything. You don't get into well, any depth let, at all. Let's take, a, let's take a topic, right? And I will pick up on Jordan Peterson because for, for some, it is a more polarizing conversation. Yes. Um, and, and about his topic. But here's the thing. Like, he's, he's got background and roots to how he's got to where he's got to. Yes. Yeah. If I only give him 15 minutes and try to listen to him as a TED talk, it makes him way too easy to dismiss. That's right. Whereas actually there is a body of work that goes with with what he's saying. Right. And even if some of it is like, you know, fundamentally, say even I want to disagree with, it's still how he came to those conclusions. And this is why I'm I'm not a fan of now of as much like, you know, the airport books, you know, the reads that you just pick up that give yes. you this pop 
psychology and pop business advice. They, you know, they they they're good and they're a bit of a page turner and it gets you somewhere, but they're a bit rare. Whereas actually, if you look at like how they're researched and where they come from, the wealth of the books behind them and what those people have read goes back probably like 20, 30 years, and they're much bigger tomes and you know they're harder going and they're the books now that sometimes you want to get into that's like being a christian let's face it you don't understand the whole of your path just by doing alpha you understand some fundamentals if you want to start digging into what they look like worked out there is a body of work to dig into to understand like where some of that comes from and to get there you're not going to do that in 15 minutes or 30 minutes actually sometimes you need long-form conversations and it's healthy to listen to people who bring you out of your echo chamber to listen to different views yeah. and different different points. So, like, it's interesting. You've listened to Jordan Peterson with um, Joe Rogan, yeah. and I've listened to him with Tim Ferriss. Now, Tim Ferriss well. is yeah, yeah. Tim Ferriss. He's another podcaster who breaks every rule of like media. Like, how long is the podcast? Could be half an hour. Could be three. It's like, yeah. oh, what am I going to get? Well, this one was a two-parter. And it's like, and this went on to these topics. And he's just interested in talking to people. And he gets loads of flack, like, why did you have them on? They're really like, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, like you shouldn't be talking. I'm like, no, actually, he's systemically, there is something bigger. These people got their conclusions. They have got published material. They're doing stuff and have platform. If I'm going to listen to them, I need to understand it in its context. You're not going to get that just with somebody giving you three points to better living it's yeah you know that that's a highlight reel actually what went on behind it how do we understand what caused it now i'm i'm, I'm for this chris i'm for this yeah I like well, it. and this is the thing you know i'm picking up on the the you know the peterson thing because he is the classic you know he his views have been um probably misrepresented by the short clips so he'll say something that short clip gets blown up online or blown up on TV or something. And then people make an opinion. And then you listen to, you listen to the three hour version of him and he's, he's coming from much more from a, a much more considered viewpoint than you think he, he is. And that's been the, I think that's really helpful because in a three hour one, you know, in the Joe Rogan one that I listened to, Joe Rogan's asks him about all of these questions and get, and asks and asks difficult questions of him. And, you know, rightly so, but gets him to the point where he explains himself. So you actually fully understand. So there's some of the things that I've heard, and now I understand the context of it. And I think that's, you know, let's talk about, you know, what Christian living means and allow and, and allow our great preachers that we have to be able to talk about, okay, so how did you come up with that conclusion? Let's work that through. Okay, so how did you come up with that? How did you come up with that? And work yeah. through those things because I think that's, because people people don't want that like inch deep level of stuff. You can get that anywhere now. You, I mean, you could probably get that level of stuff on a blog, on TikTok, you know, that kind of stuff. You can get that level and even half an hour now is now is is now just so short it's such a short form medium and i think what what church is missing and but what church has in abundance is the ability to go into humongous depth and not just in a teach but in a well, in a conversation that's because we've all we all now can do the work outside of what is fed to us when i go to a church if somebody says something or I hear a speaker speak on something, 
I can instantly like use the internet and dig up a variety of opinions on the same subject. Yeah. And so it's like people come prepared. Um, and that's what we need, actually. But that not that the whole point? We need to learn how to sit better with people who hold different opinions to us, but mm. understand, like, like I said, it can be highly contextual. But fit this back in. Let's say we created it that, you know, uh, I'll say Sunday for now because Sunday is kind of the tradition about where we do some of the big big meetings. Yeah. But if you if you bit off a whole morning and there was some long form stuff, it's not going to be for everybody. This ties back into create the space, do everything at the same time. For yeah. those that want to go and do the worship and do this, they can. For those who want that, they can. I think we need to cut some of the fear around doing it differently and accept that doing it all the same actually has not helped us. Like, yes. actually, most churches, no matter what their background or denomination, have got roughly the same liturgy yes. <laughs> in terms of, like, how they do things. Um, so it's like, where where's the bit where we go, let's get prepared to, you know, do something different almost for the sake of it i think we once celebrated a book about this which was matt redmond's early book was it heart of worship about when he at his church they cut worship from the service entirely yeah Yeah. Yeah. and and i I think it led to the song coming back to the heart of worship now there was a purpose there was a season there was and there was a reason uh yeah that's exactly where we are today like we're coming off the back of something that's disrupted everything already Let's not try and go straight back onto tracks or programs and bits and pieces. What does it look like? What's the next coming back to the that we're heading towards that we're actually going to land in on? But also, what does that mean for you? Like, don't copy it. Don't do what the, those down the road are doing. Don't try and work. Like, figure out your context. See what you need to provide. Get a voice into it and just try to do something different. And that's the biggie. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to your third one, number five in total. Oh, this is so confusing. Lee number three, I called it, but you know. Um, Lee, what's your third disruptive idea? So uh, I got an idea of um, creating membership for churches. Okay, well, um, membership's not new. So explain, no, but, maybe you're going to need to finish your... So this is membership... Um, and kind of maybe pulling away from the idea of straight giving and that actually turning things like our Sunday school, the lessons and the teaching, maybe some of the longer form or some of the other things that we do into membership driven, almost like clubs that they actually have a monthly fee. You subscribe for a term, you pay your money, they're more fixed cost. Actually, the delivery of them Imagine, so like, you know, the the traditional idea of a Sunday school or a kids club, why isn't what the church putting on much more like beavers and scouts or the other activities that they go to where I sign up for a term and I pay an amount and I drop my kid off and it's a highly formalized program with 
highly skilled workers delivering it and we know what we're going to get rather than this idea that out of my uh tithe the church now provides any number of things uh to do it actually this is a ring fence thing almost like its own little business model that works and stands on its own two feet um and lets us see whether it's got success to it or not um and that where people give and um how people deal with their money and their I say just giving. We traditionally call it tithing and ten percent. I'm less certain on those things now than I than I used to be, but actually, where people put their time, attention, and money is much more highly personal. We've got people coming into church who just don't see it that way, or people who are already motivated to giving social justice and technically tithing into things before they even come to church. It's not a church exclusive anymore. So I'm looking at like what does the membership aspect look like that actually that the, the space and what this affords me and the access to a platform that gives me the content that I want looks much more like a subscription um I'm throwing that one out there I'm not wholly fixed on what even this looks like I am just throwing something out there that's totally not even probably that totally but further left field than most things that we would approach let's rethink how we do and deliver the things that we do and don't shy away from the ones that do need to cover their costs and people then who don't come to church if you tell them you've got kids club and it's ethical and it's bible based i think we'd be surprised at how many people would want to send their kids to it and would be willing to pay for it like any other sessional activity that we send our kids to um yeah so yeah. firstly i think this is probably the largest disruptive idea of the lot because that is, <laughs> this is essentially changing the church from. Do a I charity. need three hours on a podcast with Joe Rogan to dig into yeah, this more deeply? I think so. Yeah. He was, but the idea is essentially changing because you know we're going to talk about this for ten minutes or something. But you know we could talk about this, we could talk about this for three hours easily. It's essentially ch changing the church from a charity to a limited company, essentially. Because now what you're saying is, become a member for services rendered. Essentially, oh, can I can I can I challenge that? Yeah. It's it's putting the content delivery of what we do as a church that was traditionally program into something that is money making and lets the church be the church separately and for free. Oh, okay. So I so the so it's more of turning the church organization into a delivery of content and a place where people can gather to be the church, but not it is yeah. not itself the church. So it's kind of it's um it, you know how um you know you get this is gonna be quite an abstract idea but you, you might get this you know you get some uh like letters and they use negative space have you heard of ne the, the thing of negative yeah. space so it makes the look of a letter but it's not actually using it's not it's not using the blocks of color to make the you know an a or something it's using all the other lines to make it look like it is essentially turning the church into that negative it's that it's, it's creating in negative space so you're creating the content so that the church can gather is that essentially what you're doing is that the idea yeah. here yeah but i i'm i'm wondering if it's actually slightly more honest with people who've got no idea about christianity like actually the cost of becoming a christian is zero let's face it i could meet somebody in the street they could challenge me i could have an experience there could be mm. an, even like you know damascus moments let's not rule it out of you know encountering christ right yeah 
meet, meeting my friends, talking about it, access even to like, you know, podcast materials, talks and things like that. I can even further my own growth, development and discipleship and meet in somebody's home and talk about it. There is zero cost. So let's let, let, let's keep that as it is. There isn't any. But all at the moment that I want to get my, you know, my kids involved or if I want to access something or it needs to bring somebody in or it creates a space to do it. Let's be honest about it. There is a cost. And actually, we've put it at this the same way, you know, it's really funny because the church running a Sunday school would think that that comes out of what the church does and delivers and makes it programmatic. And so we just do Sunday school and people can send their kids. Yeah, as a church trying to get resources to do it, we don't think twice about paying a subscription to Urban Saints or Orange um, for getting those resources and materials to then outwork them ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I'm saying is, is um, let's make that more contextual, design and create resources that actually serve the community that where we are, and they'll be really upfront. There is a cost. And if you're going to send your kids to this, this is what it is. The same as going to any other activity that you would engage in. That actually, I think there's just an, an openness and an honesty about what is sometimes transactional and maybe more so for the people outside the church, but actually then allows the church piece and the talking about faith and like where our life is and uh, the discipleship aspect and what these bits look like. We don't put a price on that. Whereas actually sometimes we do by the back door. You've only got to look at tithing in most church contexts to see that an extortionate percentage of most tithes going into a church just goes on employment anyway. Yes. Yeah. That's the name. okay, but I, I like my 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 challenge to that and where my thinking is at at the moment. And again, totally unexplored. A little bit, you know, there's there's stuff here that I'm trying to dig into and I'm wrestling with. And you know, where I come back down on this, I'm I'm you know I'm not I'm not fixed at all. But for 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 people looking at what we do. I, I think people who who are on of faith and are outside of, look, we would say outside of church and, and Christianity are socially motivated and socially minded and are giving generously to things and causes that actually inspire them. They're paying monthly into pots and they know what it goes on and they understand the impact that it has. Like, why isn't that giving? Why, mm. why then do we think that then, you know, no, like actually now for you to give to the church where it's going to go on a lot of, salaries and things that the church does are we asking them to give up what they're already giving to or do it on top of or in spite of or as well as and you know i don't think many people are afforded that luxury financially these days so i'm i'm just looking at i think we've got something and there is a challenge here that lots of people i speak to got nothing to do with church are often highly ethical giving to causes investing their time and volunteering already and actually accessing things about well-being spirituality mindfulness and often paying subscriptions to those things to better their life i reckon we could position ourselves as churches in that space um that you know that there are whether that's like you know apps clubs meetups gatherings and things like that i think people are actually more switched on and there'd be a greater honesty of saying it, it, it costs this to attend and this to do that. And, you know, there'd be a difference. You know, some churches would be like pure gym and it's got a very low monthly access. And other churches might be more like a David Lloyd where there is a higher, higher, but there's other things that are going on. Or it's just like case by case. 
Like I say, I am undecided on this. This is why we're talking about disruption and we're trying yes. to change our thinking. But I, I want to push this one to see where it goes because I think there might be something at the end of it if we're willing to sit with it long enough and diverge far enough um, that we, we might actually come to a conclusion that might help us take things forward. Um, it's, this it's, is, where I is this where we advertise? Yeah. You can contact us at podcast at thinking.church if you would like to email us and you know, send in your suggestions. Yeah, I mean, um, I'd, but I'd love to hear uh, some ideas on this. There's, there's, yeah, like I said, I'm wrestling this. I am not decided on this, but I think it's disruptive. And I'm looking about how we, I'm looking about how we do something that gets people who've got nothing to do with us in, involved and I'm thinking about my kids and the clubs that they attend and stuff that, that happens there. Uh, so it's a mash of ideas, but that, that's where I'm at. definitely very uncomfortable as an idea it's certainly that it, it rankles against all of the my my norms but this is the whole point and I, I, there's a term i you need to you'll know it probably is where you push something to the ed, you 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 push at the edge to sort of disrupt the center so yeah. what's that called i can't remember you it's it's not about affecting because in reality i don't think anyone's going to go to this extreme but i no. think it might help us think slightly differently and it might. And, and this is it. I'm, I'm, it's the poking of thinking because I think we've sat too long. Maybe even more so that how, and maybe it's maybe it's because I'm seeing more things happen on platforms where there's free levels of service and then there's paid levels of service and delivery, and what the expectations are that members get access to that non-members get access to. So I'm not looking about providing exclusivity, yeah. but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like actually. I think this is one that we haven't revisited as a church in a very long while. And yeah. actually, a lot of the thinking around it, it's easy to dismiss. So I'm hoping that people would uh, hold what I'm saying with enough grace and a smile to understand that, like, I'm, I'm poking at this because I, I, I think we can do better, even if it's just in how we set up, even if it's not using as much tithe on staffing. And being more honest about like, you know, what are costs and where tithing goes. And maybe that's the difference, like, you know, the tithes offerings aspect. I, I I still think that even after all this time, it's one that we maybe do badly when it comes to finance. And there's maybe something that's more modern and then either cultural or countercultural about how we approach it. And I, I'd just love to smash into that a little bit and, you know, break it apart almost for the sake of breaking it apart to see where we can yeah. put the pieces back. Well, we've done a we've done an episode on the finance thing. We did an episode on intentional finance, but I think that that's just around you know setting good budgets and, uh, but actually you know talking about should we make all of our, um, you know all of that kind of completely open. I think that's a a different subject which I think would be interesting to come back to uh, at another time. That's that's for certain. I I think I really like this idea. Uh, just because uh, because it makes me feel uncomfortable and I, I that means that it's worth there's something in there that's worth pressing into and I think you know we're always we're acutely aware that in the UK it it can happen 
it could happen 10 years down the line. It could happen 50 years down the line. It could happen two years down the line. But at some point, we are aware that at some point, gift aid for churches is, 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 is fragile, isn't it? It may not stay forever. And also, yeah. that means that churches just might be forced into it. It might be more seen as this is you know, you are offering a service, that service could be community, that service could be, you know, um, resources and content. But, um, and so actually exploring, I mean, it's a, it's a horrible thought in one sense, because at the moment you get gift aid, which is, a you know, money on top of giving, but, and also you don't have to pay corporation tax. So those kind of things. So if you're a company, you get the double whammy from going from charity to company. Yeah. But I see, I, I think it's going to catch up with models and vehicles. Like we've had charity, we've had corporate, and there's not been a lot in between. But more recently, we've seen <clears throat> the invention of CIOs and uh, CICs, and there's different ways of doing things. And I think it's more about what the money goes on. You know, I, personally, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, sat with, if I give some money to a church and that church runs a basics bank or a soup kitchen or does something that's absolute outreach and is genuinely outworking, that that money that's given for that purpose receiving gift aid is of value i think if i give money and it just pays a lead pastor senior person's salary that actually sometimes the justification about why that money that's given is incurring gift aid is also a bigger conversation maybe we touch on ethics and things like that at, at that point but you know what have we had conversations like that as much out in the open is that is that one to explore dig into what's the position and like i said I'm, you know, you know, please come back at us with, you know, emails and, you know, the things that you're listening to reading and stuff that maybe touches on these subjects. I am not for one minute saying that I am set in, in any of this. Actually, I want to sit in the tension of this for as long as I feel comfortable to actually come down on something that's a position that I would defend and actually have some research and some backing. To so it's like listening to this as a 10 minute snippet maybe doesn't come across brilliantly, maybe with something else around it where we can dig into it, explore and get a panel around it, we'd actually see and hear something that that really that really touched on our thinking and led us somewhere. So um yeah, that, that's where I'm at with it. I'm kind of like happy to sit with the not knowing at the minute and feel the tension. Um but yeah I, I yeah it's just niggling me. That's good. Let's go on to the last one, uh, which is my... Chris, Chris three, six. <laughs> so this is number six, but this is my third one. And I'm my one is make services about one thing, uh, which seems Ooh. contrary to yours, which is to do everything at the same time, not one thing. And I'm saying make it services about one thing. But I actually think we agree. And I think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. In a weird, different way. So I'm becoming more and more convinced that the... Um, the kind of uh, segmented show is not working. So, so currently what we do, most churches in the world, I mean, do this. You have about 20 minutes, 30 minutes of worship. Then you have 
some announcements, then you have a preach, and that's it. And the preach is normally no. After the announcements, after. you have a song, and then you have the, the offering bucket go around. Yeah, you have to have the offering bit. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so, and normally you get it into an hour, hour and a quarter, hour and a half. So it's somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half uh, yeah. program normally. And it's normally in two segments. People normally like one thing or the other. Um, what's been really interesting is um, seeing on YouTube where, uh, for my own church, where the uh, engagement starts to drop off. Actually, the, see. the moment the speaker starts, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that at all because uh, that's that is that's your words and not mine. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but the in, I think the th- the thing is is it just seems a bit odd that we make we have this kind of like weird kind of it, we're trying to make church like the one show where we have a little segment about this and a little segment about magazine that. show. Yeah, Mag- essentially that's what it is. It's really it's it's built around the TV magazine show. It's like blue peter or the one show uh but really like again it's not really a particularly helpful thing and a new media is starting to change all this so i talked earlier about you know the three hour conversation joe rogan and jordan peterson conversation three hours but one thing they don't you know there's no there's no segments they go to there's no they just talk and it's engrossing alternatively i'll happily watch um you know something like hillsong united's uh live in wherever they were madison square garden that was the new one wasn't it that came out recently and um and that's you know what you know, i have no idea <laughs> i know you don't have the idea i have an idea i'm a worship leader so of course i've watched it and um and you know it's a good hour long and it's just you know they don't they don't stop for a preach it's just all the way through and that is also engrossing. I'd watch that. Interesting. Yeah, and that's it. And on some days you need that. And on some days you want the talk. Yeah, that's right. So my thought is, so it, you could do it your way, which is you which is you have both running simultaneously, which I think I really like that idea, actually. My other idea is if you can't do that, you've only got one space, just go worship Sunday, talk Sunday. And, you know, it doesn't have to be half an hour of this and half an hour of that. It feels like you're just, we're just sort of getting in two small snippets. The things that I found really interesting is how much in lockdown, how much people have missed worship and how, you know, people in my church talk about, oh, I've just missed having that time where you can just spend, spend time in worship, you know, and they're, you know, it's still, you know, they're doing in their house and, you know, you could put Hillsong United live from, yeah, you know, Manhattan. Uh, but corporate gathering and singing together so even outside of worship right okay and yeah. outside of a church context people gathering to do some expressive and creative things we've even seen this you know with the rise of community choirs and things you know choirs yeah. that form around tackling issues even there is certain level of something that's like cathartic about that doing that make it worshipful as well although i i'd i'd, I'd say that the others were as well but in in this sense, you know, on 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 you know in our in our church context, doing this, like actually the bit the bit that we're missing is there's just something happens when we we do stuff corporately. I, and I'm never going to shy away from that. Like actually, something something different does happen when we're singing together. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. And so I like the thought of just you know, and maybe this is all leading to one thing, which is I think our Sundays can be deeper. 
I think they can be more engrossing. I think that, I think for new people, new people want engrossing. I think people are more intelligent than we think they are. They are able to cope better with yeah. long form things than we think they are. You know, people go to concerts or did. Do you remember the day when people went to concerts? Do you, do you remember that? But I remember you know, that when I were a lad. And I remember having conversations in church life before, which is, can people stand up for half an hour or is that too much? Well, people go to gigs all the time. You know, you watch, I remember going to see um, a gig and I stood up for 12 hours. It was one of those kind yeah. of gigs where, it was, you know, it was band after band after band. And I, you know, I didn't even, you know, you didn't even get a chance to go to the loo or <laughs> barely take in any water. They had to sort of pass you water and it was a very hot day. Um, but it's great, you know, and you can do that and you can stand up and you can, people are more capable than we think they are. New yeah. people who are exploring faith are more intelligent and know probably a bit more about the Bible than we think they do. Um Actually, I think well, I, I think it's more that pe people are switched on a lot more to discovery than we think they are. Yes, that's that's my big one. People are much more switched on and curious about things and they just don't know always what they're exploring. What we're trying to show them is is something they're exploring. Um, and, you know, they're, you've only got to look at like apps and books to see where people are with um, mindfulness, thinking, well-being and stuff like that. Right. It matters to people. We're we're built that way. I I totally believe it. And you know, I don't want to make light of any of those matters that become more medical or clinical, mm -hmm. because like you know, there's a, there's a, there's an extent of it. But I think I think people are switched on so much more than we give them credit for. I always had the one about you know, it's the one when they said you know, why don't men go to church kind of thing. And I'm like, they 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 do. It's just for ninety minutes to watch their favorite team on a weekend. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. At which point they sing along, they laugh, they cry, they feel emotions, and they're all together. Yet, like we sometimes left it as an excuse about why they're not in church, and like you know, there's different reasons for that. Um, and you know, it is a thing to explore. But actually, pe people do gather, people do do things, people do do the things that we say they don't do. And it's like, yeah, I think we need to be a lot more open to that, especially coming off the back of a year of lockdown um, or on and off lockdown that I think we're going to be surprised by people. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, when people go to watch a football match, it's, it is a long, it's longer form. It's about one thing, the football match, the conversation, you're going to talk about the football, you're going to talk in depth about the tactics and the players. And, and, um, and even if you're new to the game, you know, we've, you and I went to, we, we went to the States a few years ago and we went to watch, a game in in charlotte didn't we and yeah. um and again you 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 know you're just you're in there you're hearing the conversation you're part of it you're experiencing it and um even as a new person you can you know and i don't know american football that well i know it bits and pieces but you can still get so much from it and you know for, and that's a long form thing it took it's it's a number of hours long it's not just an hour game yeah. and you're done i mean i know technically the clock is an hour isn't it but it, it takes way longer than that yeah but I, you know I'd, I'd add in on the back of that as well people go home and engage with it in different forms later there's all of the match of the day stuff there's all the sports programs there's the podcast there's the additional stuff and we're keeping an eye on all the others that are happening understanding yeah. what's going like i i think there's just something there that we we need to dig into that's more built into again behavior but how people 
people respond when we truly um give people something to join in with people motivate themselves and they go they go looking and they find all the other hooks um about what's out there and who's talking on these topics and who they like and you know we all like one pundit over another and we like one you know particular podcast over another and people like bt sport and people like match of the day and all these kind of things does it matter probably not they all tell the same score um but you know we we all pick and choose and do stuff and we've all met ardent fans and then other people who are more casual even is that oh i think the whole thing pans out um that's a podcast in itself but uh it is Yep, and, and that's probably a good place to call it for the day as well. And um, because I think that you know, all of these six ideas are, they're disruptive. It's changing the status quo. And I think that we need to do that. And I think that uh, I just encourage church leaders listening to this or watching this on YouTube. We're, we're doing that as well. Um, that we need to now be in that place where, you know, nothing is... Nothing is sacred when it comes to the methodology of of your church service, or you yeah, know, you know the you know the the message is sacred. I get that, so don't you know, but um, but we need to be thinking of new disruptive ways to do it because I think that it's going to be these new disruptive ways that is going to be this is going to become increasingly the norm, and it needs to become the norm. It I think we need to have it where you go to churches and you it's not going to look the same at every single church because most churches do look absolutely pretty much the same. So yeah. um so yeah that's six six ideas for disruptive church ideas. I've, I've enjoyed this one Chris. I've liked I've, this. I've it's, it. got, it's got it's got my mind spinning. Yes, yes, brilliant. And if you do have any uh, uh questions or thoughts on it just drop us an email podcast at thinking.church and we'd love to uh talk more about it. Uh Lee, thank you so much for today. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. And don't forget that you can send in your thoughts, comments, uh, discussions for whatever we've talked about. Uh, Just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church, and we'd love to be able to read it out on the show. Uh, We'll be back with another podcast next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, We will see you soon. Bye for now.